Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community and of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey, everybody. My name is Evan Boffman, the writer of today's story, Open Mic Night, and you are listening to Gather by the Ghost Light. Alright, welcome back to Gather by the Ghost Light, original stories for radio theater. I'm Jonathan Cook, your host, producer, and sometimes voice actor on this thing. And ladies and gentlemen, it is the month of March, which means that we are wrapping up year three of this podcast. That's right. The first episode released in March of 2020, and here we are in March 2023. So the next episode coming up later this month, I guess we're going to call that the season finale. So on this big season finale, well, I call it big, but it's probably just going to be a normal-sized season finale. And on this normal-sized season finale, you're going to be hearing the world premiere of a brand new play. And I might even have a, a special guest with me if I can work that out. We'll see. So there's a little something for you to look forward to for next time. But now let's talk about today. It's been a few months since we dove into the dark depths of the horror genre on this podcast. So how about we do that? The story for today is called Open Mic Night and was written by one of my new favorite playwrights, Evan Boffman. You are about to meet two guys who are both invited to an open mic night event, but when they arrive, things are a little different than what they expected. Before we begin, I do want to give you a quick disclaimer that this story does contain moments of implied gore and intense situations, but no matter how scary it gets, always remember, it's just a story. Now. Gather around the ghost light, sit back and enjoy. This is Open Mic Night, written by Evan Boffman. And be sure to stick around after the story to hear an interview with this writer. What the hell is taking so long? What kind of a rinky-dink place is this? Got a bar but no bartender? (laughs) I should just make myself a drink. Jesus, and no signal in this pit either? Hello? Lily? Anyone? Gonna get on with this anytime soon or what? Great show, everybody. Woohoo! Bravo! Really knocking my socks off here. Sheesh. What the hell kind of a joke is this? 
You got hidden cameras around here or some shit? Oh, are you the only other? Yeah, so far. Are you performing or? <laughs> no. You? No. I thought this place would be packed. Had trouble finding it. I mean, the GPS had me going in circles. It looks like there's plenty of room. Sit anywhere you like. Think you're at my table. A date told me to sit right up front, that it would be reserved for me. <laughs> Funny. Because the person I'm here to see told me the exact same thing. I'm here for Lily. That's interesting. I'm here for Lily, too. I'm going to guess she told you to dress like that. White dress shirt and blue jeans. Crisp but casual. For, for our fun, fun and, and special, special night. night. Yeah, exactly what she texted me. She double-booked us. Have you seen her? I haven't seen anyone. But the door was open, so... Been here for 20 minutes, bored out of my skull. Was she even here? Backstage, maybe? I'm gonna call her. Why won't it... Oh, you stupid phone. I was... I just had it charging in the car. Same thing's going on with mine, too. Well, why would it just... Stop working? Yours, too? Since you've been here? Yep. You brought flowers, huh? Those for her? Lily? Yeah, Lily's for Lily. <laughs> so you're that kind of guy. Likes wordplay, puns? They're congratulatory flowers. For a job well done. Tradition, you know? <laughs> yeah, for a job well done. You ever seen her do this before? You even know what we're here to see? Is she a singer, a dancer, a poet? Oh God, I hope she's not a poet. She invited me to her open mic thing, so I came. No matter how good she is or what she does, like it takes guts to be up on a stage. That alone deserves recognition. That's what the flowers are for, just trying to be thoughtful. <laughs> thoughtful, yeah. All right, buddy. What you're thinking about is sucking up to her so you can get in her pants. Looks like we've got ourselves a healthy little competition brewing here. <laughs> a competition for what? For Lily's affection. To see who gets to pollinate that flower first. Duh. Oh, what? You don't appreciate my wordplay? If you're my competition, I think I'll do just fine. <laughs> Let's do this then. You really think she did this on purpose? Like, this is a game to her or something? Look, I don't know much about this chick or what she's into. I just saw the pictures and swiped right. You know what I mean. Yeah. She told us about this to meet her out in the middle of nowhere. What time, what to wear. And here you are. Here I am. And here I am. Front and center, not going anywhere. You can go, or you can have a seat at any of these other tables. Up to you, buddy. Oh, what? Seriously? You're going to just sit right here at the same table as me? Wow. All right, buddy. This is going to be fun. Mm-hmm. I'm Michael, by the way. Oh, me too. I go by Mike, though. Oh, so she's got a thing for Michaels, huh? Well, may the best Michael win. Don't mind if I do. <laughs> oh, we'll see about that. Hey, check out the two guys in the pack that just sauntered in here. Wearing all black like a couple of ball bearers. You guys not get the memo about the dress code? White shirt, blue jeans? Oh, and you forgot your flowers. Oh, let me guess. You're Michael 3 and you're Michael 4. Hey, shut up. There she is. Lily! Hey! Oh, all right. Hey, baby. Woo! Not as hot as her picks, but she'll do. Good evening, everybody. Welcome. Glad you could make it to open mic night. 
If you've never attended one of my events before, I can assure you, you're in for a real treat. <laughs> Something you'll never forget. <laughs> Those guys know what I'm talking about. Woo! Looks like you have more competition than just me, pal. Let's get started, shall we? Finally. All right. Everyone, give a round of applause for our first performer of the evening, Michael Henderson. Woo! The hell? Woo. Is that you? Michael Henderson? Yeah. I, I, hey, what is this? What are you doing? Come on up, Michael. Don't be shy. I came to see you. I don't do that. You know, perform. Performance issues? No, oh, it's okay, Michael. I can help with that. Venite ad me, Michael Henderson, et audi verba mea, tantum verba mea. Venite ad me, Michael Henderson, et audi verba mea, tantum verba mea. Is that a poem? God, it is. It's not even in English. What is happening? Venite ad me, Michael Henderson. Et audi verba mea! Tantum verba mea! Yes! Anything that you want! My ears are open to you! Looks like he's ready, folks! Give him another round of applause! Michael Henderson! Come on up! Yes! Anything that you desire! Michael, how are you doing tonight? Feel free to use the microphone. I am a little nervous, but I am okay. I will listen to only your words. <laughs> Fantastic. Glad we're on the same page. Now, Michael, you are what most people would call a terrible human being. Are you not? Answer honestly. That is accurate. I am an internet troll. I cheat on my taxes. I never recycle. And how do you typically treat a woman, Michael? Respectfully? Or like she's a piece of trash? It depends. What has she done for me lately? <laughs> Sounds about right. A regular pig, aren't you? Can you squeal for us, Michael? Go on. Squeal like the good little piggy you are. Oh, my God. Oh, this guy was in on it the whole time. <laughs> Excellent. Now, I know you came here with the intentions of making me scream, but I think it's safe to say you'll be the one screaming tonight. Scream for us, Michael. Scream! Jeez. All right, that was weird. Impressive. We'll probably be hearing more of that later, won't we? Now, lie down, Michael. Right here, behind me. Face up. Yes, Lily. I am yours to command. That's right. Good, good. Now stay still. I'll be getting back to you soon. Hello, Mike. Here we go. Michael Gregory Quinn. Enjoying the show? It's, uh, you're a hypnotist? I mean, that's cool. I've, ne I've never been hypnotized before. No, not a hypnotist. What I do is a little more spellbinding. Magical. 
Oh, oh a, a magician. Not exactly. Aw, are those flowers for me? What a charmer. Tell us, is that charm what got you off of that sexual assault charge back when you were in college? Hey, what are you... Did that same charm help you get away with what you did to Jenny Barnes last year? Or that woman in the sports bar the summer before? What? How did you... Hey! Hey, what the hell? Let go of me, freaks! I know who you are, Mike. There's no hiding yourself from me. I have ways to learn what I need to get what I want. I have studied for many years under the guidance of amazing women, powerful women, angry, talented women. Understand? Or should I spell it out for you some more? Which part needs further clarification? Why am I here? I've never- We are ridding this world of men like you. And men like this scummy little pig here. Hi. Stay still. What do you want from me? I want you afraid to feel powerless, to know that your phone won't help you because of what I did to it. You've got absolutely no place to go, nowhere to turn, because of me. I am in control over Michael here. (laughs) And soon, over you. So, are you scared yet? Is it working? Yes. A while back, I had a neighbor named Mike. He seemed like a nice enough guy, but then, one night, I woke up and there he was, in my bedroom, with a knife in his hand. He told me to be quiet, not to make a peep, but he didn't know who I was, what I could do. Not until I made him stab himself again and again and again right in his rotten excuse for a heart. I am an artist. Painter, mostly. At the time, I was having trouble with my work. Coming up with something new. Original. Seeing his blood all over my clean sheets inspired me. Oh, God. No! Don't look away! I'd really like an audience for this! can't stand that name anymore. Mike. 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 Ugh! Makes me sick. Oh, God. I find monsters named Michael, quite a few of you around, actually, and I do these open mic events as my way to make the world a safer place for all. Get it yet? This is not an open mic night like you probably thought. No. It's an open mic Night. As in, I'm going to open you up with this. Oh, I get it now. That's some really clever wordplay. Shut up! Please, just don't do this, please. Hmm. What did you do when those women said that same exact thing to you? See, what I do is art. Just not something you could really appreciate. But it sells. Hangs in galleries around the world inside museums with eclectic tastes. I am huge in Eastern Europe. You see, the white shirts are like a blank canvas. Spurting blood is an expressive but unpredictable medium. No two canvases are ever truly alike. Your performance, Mike, what you will produce for me up here on this stage, 
will be its own unique piece of work. Michael! Michael, you've got to fight her, man. Fight back! Uh-uh-uh. Be a little gentler with him, okay? We've got to keep his kidneys in good condition if we're going to get full market value for them. Uh, you're insane! No matter what I do, I will always be a better person than scumbags like you. Oh, oh God. Michael, sit up for me now. Face our audience. Yes, Lily. Was going to do this myself, but I think this will terrify Mike over there even more. Oh, God. Take the knife, Michael. As you command, Lily. God. Michael, Michael, you have the knife. Stab her. Stab her, Michael. Go on. Get her right in the... No, 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 no. You do as I say, don't you, Michael? Whatever you say, Lily. Then use the knife on yourself, Michael. Don't be shy. No, no. Be open. Go ahead. Punish yourself. Scream. Now, Michael. Do it! No, 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 Michael, Let's look at me, Steve. Let's make some fight. art! Stop. No! You gotta fight back! No, no, no! Oh my god! No! Michael, stop! Look at me! Stop! No! Jesus! God! No! Michael, no! You gotta stop, man! Just fight, Billy! God! That was Open Mic Night, written by Evan Boffman. It was performed by Julian Diaz as Michael, Mickey Lay as Mike, and Carla Fishbach as Lily. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right. So with me now is the writer of the story you just heard. He's a playwright, a novelist, middle school teacher based in Southern California. He's written plays that have been produced across the United States, and he's written numerous horror fiction stories that have been published. And additionally, he's adapted several of his terrifying tales into short film screenplays, which have gone on to win awards in film and screenplay festivals. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Evan Boffman. How are you, sir? Doing well, thank you. Thank you for having me here. I've listened to you many episodes of your podcast and so i'm really thrilled that i get to be a part of it so awesome, thank you man i appreciate it i've i've uh yeah, i've been familiar with your name a while and i'm glad that uh, i was finally able to to get you on uh but for people <laughs> out there who aren't familiar with you and your work uh give us a little bit of your background because you've written a variety of things uh so tell us about all that and maybe how you got involved in the creative writing field yeah, so I've been writing short stories since middle school, just like for fun. Middle school, high school, I was writing a lot of spooky, scary stuff featuring my friends as characters and killing them off, basically. That's how I got my start. Um, and so I did that for a while. I also went to church growing up, and um, people in church knew that I liked to write. So I was approached in high school to write 
couple of adaptations of like well-known Bible stories. So my first playwriting was actually like writing these kind of humorous, I guess, adaptations of famous Bible stories. And one of them actually, the one I guess is like the one I'm most proud of. Um, this it's like a take on the story of Noah. That's on New Play Exchange. If everyone wants to see what a play written by a 16 year old looks like. Um, and then, yeah, I just knew like my dream as a kid, I was a big, big reader growing up. And I knew my dream was like, I want just to be an author. I want to be an author. So I've just been writing for 30 years now. And I have a degree in creative writing from University of Redlands. And um, I had because where I went was a, a small liberal arts college, I had a lot of opportunity to do like extracurricular things that I don't know that I would have been able to do at, at larger universities. Mm-hmm. So I got involved with murder mystery dinner theater. Uh, at my college. And uh, those were like my first like big playwriting um, successes where I was writing and acting in and sometimes directing these like uh, these murder mysteries that were put on as fundraisers at, at the school site. And I was like, wow, okay, this playwriting thing, like it doesn't just have to be like fiction or prose writing. This playwriting thing is pretty fun too. So, and I've been writing plays ever since then. Very, very um, cool. Now, <clears throat> you're a middle school teacher, right? Yes, this is my 17th year. I started teaching um, like two months after I graduated college. I graduated with this creative writing degree, and it's like, oh, what do you do with that? You can't really do much. When I started out, I was an English teacher. I did that for about over a decade. And I actually now, where I teach now, I am the theater teacher as well as the creative writing teacher. So I get to teach electives and that's really fun. Um, as an English teacher, you have a lot of pressure on you to like have your students perform well on these standardized tests. It's very stressful on you and on your students. It's a lot of like teaching how to write essays. It's not, it's not so, so fun, not really for <laughs> right. you teacher or the kids, right? The kids don't really want to be there writing essays, but that's just, that's what it's, that's what it's like these days. So, but as an electives teacher, I really have a lot of freedom to to do what I want. So I make my own curriculum. I try to make it as fun and, and as interesting for my students as I can make it fun for me. I mean, if it's fun for me to teach, then hopefully that's, that's coming through to the students that it's where uh, this writing, this writing and reading thing, isn't like uh, something to be scared of or something to, to despise. Right. So, so not, not a chore, but something that can be fun. Exactly. Exactly. And uh, I think, I think I've been successful. Um, you'd have to ask my students though. So being a theater teacher, you know, have you ever had them produce your plays? Like, have you ever put on your own stuff? I know some of your works may be a little edgier for middle school, especially <laughs> yeah. the one everyone just heard. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, definitely a majority of my work, I would never show my students. <laughs> yeah. Being a teacher has been really great for me creatively. Uh, and so, yeah. We pretty much primarily do things that I write. I write things specifically for my students. That's, you know, middle school age appropriate. And uh, yeah, we produce basically things I write. I also teach my students how to write short plays. And so if for whatever reason, I'm not able to write the show for that semester, then we'll do like an anthology of uh, short plays that my students have written. You know, the the budget I have as a teacher is not very high so um so just to like to skirt some of those 
those issues of, you know, paying for rights and stuff that I really can't afford sometimes, I just, I do the writing myself. And a lot of stuff that I've written, I've actually been able to like submit to publishers or submit to, uh, you know, theaters around the country and they've been produced. So things I've written for my students have ended up on stage elsewhere. Awesome. Awesome. Very cool. All right. So let's talk about your play that everyone just heard, uh, open mic night. Uh, first, yes. a, a little little backstory about how I came across this play. You you originally sent me a couple of your scripts to be considered for audio production, and I read them. I enjoyed them. Open Mic Night was not one of them, but I really liked the style. And so, I, I guess without you even knowing, I kind of dove into your new play exchange and I read <laughs> some some more of your works. And uh, I came across Open Mic Night, and just right away, as soon as I finished it, I was like, "This, I would have a lot of fun." producing this it was a script that as i read i i could hear the atmosphere the texture um and it was just and i I reached back out to you and i was like yeah i I really like the scripts you sent me but what about open mic night is that (laughs) is that okay to do and and sure enough here we are um talking about open mic night so for you uh how did that play come to be for you yeah it was really just like the title, the title came to me. It was like this play, <laughs> you know, that was going to be my next question. I was like, did you have the title first or did you have the story yeah. first? Yeah, it was really the title. Um, there's, there's this is one day the title I was, I don't know. I think I saw an ad for open mic night and I was like, I, the way that they spell Mike, you know, M I C it's always kind of like been a little off to me. I'm like, it's not really Mike. What if it was really like Mike, like, like a man's name, open Mike night. If it was if Mike. And then I was, I was like, wait, <laughs> the horror story idea in there. And then that's what, that was the, the inspiration for it. it was really the title. And I was like, okay, this is really like, that would be a really cool, like messed up story. If like someone is luring Mike's to this performance to like open them up and kill them. I was like, okay, well, what's the story then? Like, Who's doing it and why do these mics deserve it? If so, what terrible things have they done that makes them worthy of being, you know, murdered? And so that's that's how it all started. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I like to play on words, you know, like you said, open mic night. It has two different meetings. <laughs> and and just as I was looking through your other plays, it you you kind of you've done this with other scripts too. You have another short play called When Did I Go, which I don't want to spoil anything, but that's also, you know, a title that has two different meanings. And then you have another one called Killer Intent, which takes place at a campsite. And again, that's a title with two different. (laughs) So do do you have like, like the characters in your script, you you kind of have fun with clever wordplay yourself. There's a little bit of you in this script here. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, I guess that's just. That's just the the writer the writerly part of me is I'm always trying to like, I mean my my kids you know dad jokes and puns and all that stuff you know I mean you're a dad so I, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I assume you use some dad jokes right that's just part of it uh, the puns so sure yeah for sure uh, and I know you've written a lot of different styles you've written plays for children you've written you know plays for your middle schoolers you've written comedic spoofs. Uh, but your yeah. your catalog tends to hover mostly around the horror genre. So, 
with that in mind, who are some of your horror inspirations, whether it be writers, filmmakers, or just, you know, films themselves? Yeah. Where, where do you pull a lot of your ideas or what, what gets your gears turning in your brain? Yeah, there are so many, there's so many. Um, I think growing up, what really got me into reading initially was I, I fell into this series called Goosebumps. All right, um, right, right. Yeah. So I read those, a lot of those when I was like elementary school and early middle school. And then I graduated when, when those started feeling like too, uh, too kid ish for me, I, I just kind of started jumping into like adult stuff. And so when I was in middle school, I was reading a lot of Dean Kuntz and I was reading a lot of Stephen King yeah, I don't really read Dean Kuhn so much anymore, but uh, Stephen King is still like prolific and great. He's still writing really great stuff. So whenever he has new stuff, I read a lot of his uh, works. When I was a kid, I I didn't really watch a lot of scary stuff. I think probably like the scariest stuff I was watching as a kid was Twilight Zone. Right. Um, a lot of those episodes were pretty pretty scary, and um, or at least they had like a, a dark twist. So when I was writing stories as a as a middle school and a high school student, basically all my stories kind of ended like in a twist. So that was like my my signature thing. Some of my stories still do have that, but I you know they don't necessarily need to have that that narrative twist in it. But I've always liked that. I've always liked a good twist ending. Um, so yeah, like and and then you know I discovered a lot of those Twilight Zone episodes were actually based off of short stories written by well-known authors. So then I started like discovering Richard Matheson and Ray Bradbury and stuff, and reading their short fiction. Yeah, horror filmmakers. I mean, my favorite horror films are like the Scream movies, John Carpenter's The Thing, Jaws. I said Jaws is like literally the scariest movie I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> hey, that's one of my favorites, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like directly impacted me. I mean, I live in Southern California, but you will never, never see me in the ocean okay like <laughs> i'll go to the beach but i am the, i'm the person on the beach who's like reading a book in the sand i i do not go in that water unless i'm on a boat i could do a boat but no i'm not swimming out there it's a very rare rare occurrence to see that so see i i like as i was saying earlier i like the anthology stuff like twilight zone and then also um tales from the crypt was another series i watched growing up and you know, there's something about open mic night. I could just picture the Crypt Keeper introducing this story <laughs> because, yeah. you know, like most Tales of the Crypt episodes, they're dark, but there's like, sometimes there's this cheesy humor attached to it. And that's kind of open mic night. It has that, especially with a guy, you know, he's feeling like a pig. And then later he's like, yeah, I get it. Clever wordplay. <laughs> so there's just these little like comedic moments into all this darkness. And that's kind of like, even when I first read it, I was like, man, this kind of seems like a story that could have been you know, on, on Tales from the Crypt. Well, thank you. Yeah, that's a, I, I appreciate that. Yeah, that's another series that I I, I didn't watch growing up because I didn't really have access to HBO. But now as an adult, I've seen, I've been able to see it. And like, that's yeah, a great, great series as well. Yeah. Uh, now, yeah. the horror stories that you've had published in anthologies, uh, The Monsters We Forgot, I believe is one. And then there's another, The Emaciated Man and the Other Terrifying Tales from Poe Middle School. Uh, so how did you get involved with those publications? Did you submit to them or did they find you in some way? Yeah. So the, the emaciated man, that's my, that's my own book. So that's oh, the okay, first book okay. I ever published of my own works. So that, 
That is like a very special near and dear publication. Cause that's, that was my first book that was published in 2020. And that was, you know, I worked years on that. So that's 13 short stories all written by me. Yeah. They all take place in the same middle school. So like I'm a middle school teacher. So basically as I was speaking to earlier, a lot of kids don't like to read or write. So my idea as a teacher was, okay, I'm going to try to write something that will get these reluctant readers to pick up a book, right? So I started writing these scary stories that where each one featured a middle school student who was going through some sort of spooky supernatural happening at their school site. So they all take place at the same school. And yeah, like I said, every, every, um, Every story is from the perspective or is about a different student at the school who's going through something. And a student who's like a side character in one story you might discover later on is a main character in a later story. So it's all interconnected and stuff and stuff. So, yeah, so that's my own book. But like I've like you had mentioned, I've been published in various other publications. Yeah. So that's just um, basically cold calling. Like I see these submission opportunities online. And if I have something that fits thematically because a lot of these anthologies they're like they're themed in certain ways if i have something that fits the theme then i'll write up a cover letter um or a query letter and i will then submit the piece and you know 95 percent of the time i either never hear back which this is just like that's an obvious no or i get a a rejection but i've been rejected so many times that now at this point in my career it's like i just come to to expect it you know (laughs) Yeah, I know, so, I know that feeling. <laughs> uh, I have a very thick skin. Like I'd never take anything personally. I am of the thought that if I never take the chance, you know, if I never, if you never submit and you never take the chance, and it's going to be a guaranteed no. Mm-hmm. You no, know? I've been rejected at this point probably thousands of times, to be honest, because I'm submitting prose, I'm submitting plays, I'm submitting screenplays, poetry, all these different things that I write. Like I said, I hear no a lot. So my yeses, I've heard yes, quite a few yeses, but the the no's are just, you know, outnumber them tenfold, twentyfold. I think every playwright or writer would probably say that as well. <laughs> the the rejections always outweigh the uh, the acceptances. Um, now the there's a novel, bad for your teeth. Is that is that something you got coming out in yeah. April? Uh, give us a little insight on that what what is that story about and is that just like a full length novel yeah so this is my first full length novel that's being published when i was a kid like i'd said my 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 dream was to always have a book on the shelf right like to be able to go to go to a library or go to a bookstore and see one of my one of my books there and so i do have that book of short stories and last year I had a novella published, which is called Vanishing of the Seventh Grade. And then um, that publishing house, uh, DNT Publishing, really great uh, indie horror um, publishing house. They they published Vanishing of the Seventh Grade. And so I saw that they were taking uh, submissions again. So I sent them this this novel that I wrote, Bad for Your Teeth. And um, DNT have a line of books they, they they primarily publish books for like horror books for adults but they have a line of of stories that are for younger audiences 
So that's called Little Gremlins. So my my book last year, Vanishing in the Seventh Grade, is part of that. And now Bad for Your Teeth is going to be part of that as well. So it's another book that's for um, a younger horror fans. And it's a dental dental horror. So it's uh, something, something weird's going on with the dentist. And uh, a couple of kids try to solve the mystery of what's going on. Um, they discover that or they think they discover that a couple of patients have gone missing from the dentist's office. And it's these two boys trying to figure out what is going on and is the dentist um, behind the disappearances. Basically. So you've adapted several of your short horror stories to screenplays, um, some of which have won awards in various screenwriting festivals and contests. Uh, even this play that everyone just heard open mic night, you have a screenplay version of this script that's, ready to be made into a short film, uh, you know, whenever you get, you know, some production behind it. Uh, so what, do you have any developments on any of the screenplays that you have written? Or is there any progress or any short films out there where people can see in an Evan Boffman film? <laughs> um, I don't have any currently that are like in production or in progress. There's, you know, there's some people who have some directors who have reached out to me with some interest in possibly doing it someday. Um, I do have one of my, um, I do have a short film that's on YouTube. So if someone wants to check it out, it's called Extinguish. And um, that is, that was produced by Crazy Little Monster Productions. And they, they do really great short horror stuff. And so they have a whole like YouTube channel. And so um, the, the director of that piece, he, and he is a, he's one of the the founding members of this production company. I had met him at one of these like indie horror film festivals. I mean, these, these indie festivals are great. I know that you've had some experience with going to them. It's like a way where you meet like-minded people, people who are, you know, also out there trying to like, you know, spread, you know, get their name out there and share their art with the world. And so it's like, it's, it's not only great to see other people's work, but to like meet these like-minded people and like form some networking connections or just like some friendly, some friendships. And so this uh, director, he is someone who I met at one of the very first festivals I ever met. And he reached out to me during the pandemic and said like, Hey, do you have any short shorts for me to look at? I'm anything that we, that could even be filmed just like from people's homes so we ended up co collaborating on something where it's like a it's like a zoom meeting gone wrong basically so it's a five minute film about a zoom meeting that goes badly and that's all else <laughs> awesome, uh, awesome. and uh yeah it's called extinguish awesome so what, do you have anything else coming up any play productions or anything i know you have the novel coming out in april um uh, any, anything else going on that people can come out and support you yeah so in um, in the LA area, I have a play coming out in two weeks, three weeks. My math, I can't do math right now, but, um, um, March 31st, April 1st, April 2nd. So it's just a one weekend show, um, theater company that I am a member of force of nature productions. They are in North Hollywood, um, producing a show of eighties inspired pieces so 80s film inspired pieces so they're mashups of different like 80s films and the one i wrote 
is Ferris Bueller 2, The Fourth Wall, which is a mashup of Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Flashdance, and The Shining. So very um, nice. All right. Uh, if you're interested in seeing uh, what that weird story is going to be, um, come see that. I'm I'm also uh, blessed that one of my plays, um, Tree Hugs, a short play that I wrote, um, was selected to for publication in the Smith and Krause Best Ten Minute Plays uh, of 2023. So that'll be published in that collection later this year. And that same play has, um, yeah, that same play is going to get its first like actual production um, in the UK later this year. So I don't know, exactly, I don't know exactly when that's going to happen, but um, yeah, that's exciting because that's that's it's never had like an in-person production. It's had a couple like Zoom productions, but uh, and never like a an in-person one yeah oh, so that's going to be the premiere of that one and open mic night has that ever premiered on stage anywhere or is this the first time people are hearing it yeah so that was it's had one production in the chicago area years ago i actually i wrote it because there's a company here in the la area who occasionally does like halloween anthology shows and i wrote this piece specifically for them thinking oh this might be something perfect for them and it just didn't didn't work out so I just had this play kind of like floating out there uh, that wasn't getting produced. So that's why I adapted it into a screenplay and uh, thinking that maybe that would be the route for it to get more production. Uh, <laughs> well, hey, it, it, it makes for a great, yet. made for a great audio play. I'll say that much. <laughs> oh, and, and I really appreciate that. Yeah, you reached out to me and that this uh, demented story could find an audience. Uh, hopefully the mics in the audience are not too uh, offended. But, oh, I got a feeling I'm going to be getting a lot of messages from some mics and Michaels. I know a few in town that are probably going <laughs> to have some words with me, but hey. All right. So where can people find you? What is your website and are you active on social media? I don't have an active website anymore. Um, I just have like an author page on Amazon. I do have a, a, a an account on the new play exchange and I'm on Facebook. Um, my last name is spelled weird. So <laughs> um, it might not be super easy to find me on Facebook, but um, I'm sure that you've got it posted here on this page. If anyone wants to find we'll have it in the show notes and I'll try to remember to spell it correctly. I'll, <laughs> I'll get that yeah. laid out. All right. Well, Hey, uh, thank you for sharing your play with us. Uh, keep writing, keep creating. I, I am a huge fan of the horror genre, so I really hope to uh, to have you back on in the future. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thank you all for listening, and make sure that you stay tuned for the normal-sized season finale coming up in a couple of weeks. If you're associated with a theater and you would like to produce the play you heard today on your stage, send an email to gatheredbythegoastlight at gmail.com or contact the playwright directly at evanboffman at gmail.com. If you would like to have some really cool Gathered by the Ghostlight merchandise, you can get t-shirts available at the merchandise link in the show notes, along with the year one and year two books, and both of those are also available on Amazon. This program is supported in part by the Greater Augusta Arts Council through a grant from its partner agency, the National Endowment for the Arts. 
Intro and outro music, as always, is provided by artist JK47. And if you enjoy this podcast, maybe you're a longtime listener, or maybe this is the first episode you've ever heard, let us know. Please leave us a rating or a review on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And also be sure to follow Gather by the Ghost Light on social media to stay up to date on new episodes. I'm Jonathan Cook. As always, stay safe, and I'll see you next time we gather by the ghost lights. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live.